Hello. It's Nia and Trent from the Trident Networks Tournament Podcast. We just wanted to pop in and tell you about the Tourney Pod, where each week we pit different pieces of pop culture against each other in a March Madness-style tournament. We try to cover everything, from movies to TV shows to music to random stuff, like our hotly contested best pasta shape bracket. You can listen to the Tournament Podcast and all other Trident Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll become an attorney at Pod soon enough, and remember, may, may the, the thing with, with the, the most votes win. Oh my god, hi. Welcome back to Disney Adult, the podcast where Chicago comedians review Disney properties from the perspective of adults. We're doing things a little bit different today. We are on... Um, we're in the middle of our classic. We're at the end of our classic season. This is actually our season finale. Uh, before we take a short, short break, um, maybe one short, maybe not two shorts. There uh, today, we're focusing on Alice in Wonderland to sort of round out the end of our classics. And I'm joined by my husband, Andy Mahalik. Hello. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Doing good. We have our dog with us who's literally laying right on all the cords. So if you hear any feedback, that's just Herbie contributing to the podcast. Um, and we literally, literally just got done watching this. Yes. We are sitting on the couch. I, I handed us our microphones before the last five minutes and it's just turned off. Um, as I said before, we're doing the classics this season. So... Uh, some of the films that sort of built the Disney brand or the Disney empire. And they're all oldie, oldie, oldies. So have you seen Alice in Wonderland before this? Yes. In when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid, kid. But then I, the, the last time I remember seeing it was in college when I had some friends who smoked weed and said it's a great movie to watch like. Yeah, I used to fall asleep to this and Bambi when I was a kid, so I notoriously never saw them because they put me asleep, which almost happened again just now. Yeah. Um, but we watched it at a theater cast party in high school, and it was similar. Like everyone was like, "Oh my God, Alice in Wonderland." Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know anything about the book that this is based off? Of? I did read the books. Okay. Um, Will you give our listeners a little bit of an insight into the book, having? Keeping in mind that you have probably haven't read them in a long time. Yeah, it's definitely been a long time. I was probably like 14 when I read them. But I think uh, what I would say is that the book is like up there with The Wonderful Wizard of Oz and even Lord of the Rings. And that's this like fantasy tale that has a lot of deeper meaning. And it follows a lot of classical kind of what you expect when you read the book. Um, it's got like deep metaphor and meaning. And I think Lewis Carroll's like famous. Uh, one thing I remember knowing is that like he's a mathematician. So there's supposed to be all of this amazing like mathematical theory in those books. And I remember as a kid knowing that and reading those books and being like, there wasn't a single number in this book. So I don't know what that is. Well, the only thing I know about Lewis Carroll is that because I've never read these books, mm -hmm. but the only thing I knew is that apparently he had he was smoking opium when he wrote these probably which makes more sense than the math <laughs> um yeah i think he's smart i think the books were like actually very entertaining and very thought-provoking um and i remember just the jabberwocky there's a poem of a thing called a jabberwocky and that's the best part of this and it's not in the disney version oh wow because it's a bit more spooky oh okay well um this film was released in 1951, um, the, and it did not do well from, <laughs> uh, <laughs> essentially, like, this was, and I can't remember, because we're doing these a little bit out of order, and um, one of the weird things about this one is that it came after the success of Snow White and all those films, however, the... Budget for this film at the time in 1951 was three million dollars. Wow! And in the box office, it made 2.4 million. Wow! So it made less than the budget for it. And then it was re-released in 1974, where it made another 3.5 million. What were your thoughts as we rewatched it just now? 
Um, I thought that this cartoon um, fails to capture what makes Alice in Wonderland good, but at the same time, it does invoke the feeling of what you're supposed to be feeling, which is that the main theme is like Alice is experiencing the bridge between childhood and adulthood. And she's our lens of like, as a kid, you don't understand what adults are doing. And you just, so the whole thing is that, okay. So the whole thing is that Alice is supposed to be in school, but she just wants to play. So she daydreams, right? But there's this other element of like, well, adults, we are actually the nonsense ones. Because if you put a kid in a courtroom, for example, they're going to be like, I don't understand all these rules that you adults made up. I just want to have fun. So they feel they feel like they're in Wonderland, right? Okay. So you're supposed to go on that journey kind of with her through like, that's why when she eats, the, like these are just the things I remember and I hope I remember well. But like she's eating the cookie and the drink, getting larger and smaller, which is signifying like puberty. Oh, really? Like changes in your body that you don't understand. Wow. There is, like, stuff in here. Like, there's meaning. Oh, okay. I mean... But I, I don't think that me- means it's necessarily good. Yeah. Because if I'm a child watching this, like I said, I used to fall asleep. I didn't find this funny, entertaining. Um, I, like, I'm sure you're going to walk us through the plot, but, like, some of the characters are just flat. Yeah. Um, rewatching it now, and I've never connected any meaning larger than anything in, with this. I've always just felt like, oh, it was the 50s, so it was probably, like, animators having fun with the source material, and then going from there. Um, so, all that meaning, whew, right over my head. Well, it makes sense that it didn't do well in the 50s, because they were so leave-it-to-beaver then. Uh, it is weird how trippy the movie is, and it's, a, and it's it is a little wild there. Rewatching it now... I felt like at some parts of the movie, it felt more modern than any of the other ones sure. we've done. And then at other parts, I was like, oh, no, 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 this is old as hell. It almost didn't feel trippy enough for being Alice in Wonderland. Like, you get those, I forget which movie it is, Dumbo, where, like, the dancing yeah. elephants scene. That shit is wild. Like, that should be in Wonderland. This almost felt, like, not kooky enough. Yeah. Like, it, it was Ooh. nonsense, but it really wasn't. me on. It was it was nonsensical, but it wasn't outrageous. Yeah, there's parts of it I liked, parts of it that I felt... Well, first of all, I don't think there's a story happening here. I mean, the long and short of it is that she follows a white rabbit and it doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, speaking of, let's go to the plot, because now the plot might be a little bit different than the last ones we've read, because like, truly, she's kind of just meeting characters. It's almost like a... Um, what do you call it? Like a cabaret of characters. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a... rotating out. A rotating, yeah. Revolving door. So in a park in England, a young girl named Alice and her cat Dinah, or Dina, I don't know, listens distractedly to the st- to her sister's history lesson and begins daydreaming of a nonsensical world. She spots a passing white rabbit in a waistcoat who panics about being late. Alice follows him into a burrow and plummets down into a deep rabbit hole. Upon landing in a place called Wonderland, she finds herself facing a tiny door whose handle advises drinking from a bottle at a nearby table. She drinks at an appropriate height, but has forgotten the key. Wait. Yeah. She drinks to an appropriate height. Oh, I get it. I get it. But has forgotten the key on the table. And then she eats a cookie that causes her to grow excessively. Exacerbated by the changes of state, puberty, she begins to cry and floods the whole room with tears, puberty. And uh, she takes another sip from the bottle to shrink again and then rides the empty bottle through the keyhole let's stop there because that's a lot to digest some things i wrote down in my notes which i only took notes for maybe the first 15 minutes of this movie before i got bored and stopped alice is truly an illiterate queen she really is an adhd (laughs) queen yeah no 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 no. illiterate i know you said illiterate she at one point says i never want books that have words in them yeah I said, you better work, bitch. And what does she do instead, though? Go down a rabbit hole. Kudos to Alice Wonderland for giving us that current phrase. Wow. Yeah. That's where it comes from. It, it is be. where it comes from. Yes. Going oh down the God. rabbit holes. And act- wow. <laughs> I'm still shocked by when we did the Pirates of the Caribbean oh, movie. And, the song. and I realized the song is from that ride. I thought it was like an old-timey song they appropriated for the ride. Oh, yeah. 
Um, Wait till you we talk about the Matrix in this movie. Well, there was another part where she is the door asks her what she's doing, and this line I really liked. She said, "I was just giving myself some good advice." <laughs> yeah, that I kept thinking, is this a four year old or a twenty year old woman? Because that that phrase is so funny, and that is something like a four year old would say. Yeah, like I'm just giving myself really, I'm really smart. <laughs> it's time to be brave. Yeah. Um. So then she, so she does, I remember the shrinking and the growing part. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the hallway being, uh, and I like when she falls down the hole. Yes. I think that part's really beautiful and really gorgeous. And she's using her par- her skirts like a little parachute. It's a fun way to enter a story. It's similar to how Dorothy like goes and lands in Oz. You called that out during the movie that this is very, very similar. To yeah, her. I actually did look up because for those of you wondering which came first, The Wizard of Oz or Alice in Wonderland, the book Wizard of Oz came after the book Alice in Wonderland. So Alice in Wonderland came out first. But I do feel like this cartoon takes from the movie The Wizard of Oz. Did I ever tell you about the macroeconomics class? I took the AP macroeconomics class where we had to watch <laughs> The Wizard of Oz. No. So shout out to Mr. Jacoby, my AP macro high school teacher. But I took AP macroeconomics in high school, which was a really big deal because all my friends... They took AP history, which was like a big deal. Yeah. And it was like the real smart game. Yeah, class. I took that. Well, I didn't take it. And then the t- long story short, the teacher said, like, you should have just came to the test and and I would have let you in anyway. Oh. Um, and I thought that was weird. So then I didn't go and do the makeup test. But then I really tried to make macroeconomics a thing because I was like, all my smart friends were in other AP classes. And I was like, I'm in AP macro. Um, and this is how it compared. We watched The Wizard of Oz and tried to make these parallels which apparently might have been true at the time but nobody really knows about um the the time in american history where we decided to change the base of our money from silver to gold oh i don't know if i that... forget what the term for that is yeah but apparently that whole book is supposed to be like an analogy of that um, i don't know how I've... much of that is true yeah okay and then i remember everybody being very upset that it was going to ruin the wizard of oz forever for them <laughs> This can't be about money. How am I ever gonna th- how am I ever gonna get past my macroeconomics class? How funny. Um so then she she rides the uh thing. I thought it was also I forgot that she kind of just like doesn't solve that problem at the beginning. She just kind of and it's what tells problem? Of unlocking the door. Oh yeah, no, she That's just kind of her whole vibe though, is that she kind of just like stumbles forward. Literally every time she cries in this movie, it's just solved for her. It happens yeah. again later with the Cheshire cat in the woods. She cries, all the animals cry, and then a, literally the Cheshire cat opens a door. Very yeah. problematic behavior. Well, I did have a thought that she might be the whitest Disney princess. She really is. This whole movie is her, her aggressively pursuing an invite to a party that she has no business. That's hilarious. At. Yeah. And then crying when she doesn't get her way. And then when she meets wild. another Karen, and then the it's system, like a Karen battle. Exactly. And then the system just kind of like fixes it for her white tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then after they go through, she sh- shrinks down. She's stuck in the skin. And then her tears kind of turn into the ocean. And she's, um, uh, where were we? As Alice continues to follow the white rabbit, she encounters a caucus race. What? C-A-C-A-U-S. Is that right? A caucus race. I don't know what that means. We'll look that term up later. She enters numerous... It could be problematic. We don't know. She enters numerous characters, include, or she encounters numerous characters, including Tweedledum and Tweedledee, who recount the tale of the walrus and the carpenter, which was wild, because it was like, why are we talking about this? What is that? Yeah. I'm beginning to think... And once again, I haven't read Lewis Carroll and never did. Um, I'm starting to think maybe it's like references to other poems or short stories of his or something. I don't know. No, I think it's all in the book, but it's like, this is where books can do that and movies can't. Like, you can't have Alice meet Tweedledum and Tweedledee who just tell you their favorite poem. Like, Oh, that is what is happening, though, because The Walrus and the Carpenter is a narrative poem by Lewis Carroll. Yeah, they're like telling her about like a Beatles song they love. Exactly, and I know it. Because it is the line. Ooh. Yeah. Herbie's um, currently. Oh, he doesn't have anywhere to go. Well, he does have an entire house. Hmm. Let's think. Um, I recognize the. So they start quoting this walrus and the carpenter. And I know it from being the lines that 
ollie golly quotes to harriet and harriet the spy oh my god that's the reference i have for lewis carroll alice tracks the rabbit to his house and mistakes him uh but he mistakes her for a housemaid mary ann in quotes and sends her inside to retrieve his gloves while searching for the gloves alice finds uh and eats another cookie that causes her to grow and gets stuck in the house. This is another part of the book I vaguely remember. And I do. Hold on. We're going to. Hold on. This is another part of the book I vaguely remember when he, several characters in the book mistake Alice for other people. And it's. Oh. And it's supposed to signify that her identity is changing. Like oh, when they're wow. like, who are you? And they call her different names. And sometimes even in the book, she like can't remember who she is at times. So it's again, that's supposed to be like questioning your identity as a child. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. While searching for the gloves, Alice finds a cookie and then she eats and she blows up into the house, right? Deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. And like, why are the cookies like painted with eat me on them? She just ate a cookie that made her too big and she cried about it. And then she's like, oh, a cookie. I mean, yeah, that also, is like, me. Why is that? Why is that like the move in Alice in Wonderland? Everything makes you bigger or smaller. Yeah. Should, after that, it's a mushroom. Yeah. Any Husel. Um, while it's a carrot. Uh, thinking her to be a monster, the rabbit asks the dodo bird for a for help when the dodo decides to burn the house down alice escapes by eating a carrot from the garden mm -hmm. once again um and then grows to be three inches tall there's also a moment in here of a character i've never seen i have no recollection of and that's the lizard with the ladder and he was my favorite he had such a modern animation and smooth animation that i questioned when this was released or maybe that's like an addition like an added scene or something because i don't think oh, it, maybe. And, and he's so green yeah he's cool He's so green that you would think, like, you remember the Cheshire Cat from being so purple? Yeah, but, like, who's going to add a lizard into Alice in Wonderland? Let me see. Who's going to do an extended cut of Alice in Wonderland? Lizard with a ladder. <laughs> I misspelled ladder. Um, oh, yeah. The, no, nothing on the internet is coming up. I'm seeing a game or something. Um... So she turns three inches on and she keeps following this rabbit, the white rabbit, who's that we never had get a name for. And right around this point in the movie is where I started to realize, oh, I don't I don't think there's going to be a plot here. I think it's just a Rolodex of meeting new interesting characters. Yeah. Then she goes to the garden with my favorite bitches in the whole movie. These flowers are fierce as hell. They're so funny. They're so fun to look at. They're so wild. Um, I wrote down that the flowers are fierce, and then I also wrote down that at this point we get to hear Alice start to sing. Now, oh. how do you feel about Alice's um, uh, potential future as a recording artist? Not doing well. I mean, if you can't read, you need to have a talent, and singing yeah. isn't one of them. Sometimes, yeah, and the other thing is like, Nobody in the movie, from my recollection, mentions that she's a bad singer. Nobody calls her out on it. But she keeps singing, and the singing is so bad that you think, oh, it has to be part of the plot. And then nobody acknowledges it, and she just keeps doing it. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, another thing that was so weird to me is that the songs are so short that I forgot that there were songs in this. Oh, yeah. Every, they're like two sentences long. She sings a full number in the beginning, and I was like, oh, is this a musical? And then I was like, not really. Not quite. It's more so like they heard the score beforehand, and they're like... Well, this was just still the era of Disney classics where they all, like, if you listen in the background of every song, there's just... I don't know. I want to know, like, the age and, like, dress of the people in the background who just kind of do that, like, lilty, like... Oh, oh, the whole... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I mean, it's weird because Snow White and the other ones, they have Bambi. maybe one or two songs, but they're full songs. Yeah, they're numbers. They're a number. This is so weird because it's like, they'll be talking and then all of a sudden one of the flowers will be like, my petals fall off in the fall. And then you'd never hear anything else. Right. It's so stupid. Yeah. Not stupid, but just like... I also feel jarring. like these characters never acknowledge her or are changed by her. Like, she is very much on a ride. And they, if anything, 
she's like they're the main what do you call she's in their land (laughs) she's the catalyst for change for them not so much the reverse i don't even think that's true well i mean somewhat in every scene she walks in or in many of the scenes she walks in i should say their reaction she changes the people around her more than she's changed like she comes into the flowers and she upsets the flowers because they think she's a weed yeah but they don't like give her a pretty flower makeover no 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 they don't do anything but they you she leaves and then their their status has changed from there on i don't even think that's true though she burns the house like they burn this house down well so okay so i have a theory about this that i'm just now thinking of which is that what you're saying happens to the white rabbit and i think that's it and i think the white rabbit is the only character in this whole nonsensical world Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the caterpillar. I mean, okay, the caterpillar does metamorphosize. Um, I feel like they just like, she walks through, she watches their show, and then she leaves. And I feel like if another girl came in next, like an Alice number two, it would happen again. Like that they just live in perpetuity. But like the white rabbit is so type A he gets his watch broken at one point. Like everything that happens to him, his house burns down. He is getting more and more flustered. And he, to me, is like somehow representative of like something of like logic in all of this, if that makes sense. Somewhat. He's I, the only one running around going like, wait, yeah. don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I am not trying to do I am not trying to deduce any deeper meaning from Alice in Wonderland this afternoon. I could tell I mean, I completely agree. It feels like if any other person falls down the hole, they're going to go through the same thing. Like these characters are stuck in a time loop. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, do we miss something with Tweedledee and Tweedledum or wild? I immediately looked at them and thought that's what I look like. I think those characters are so fun when I see them in anything but this movie. They are very, I mean, there's a lot of characters in this film that, I mean, this movie is, has staying power. This is like a Hot Topic movie. You know how Hot Topic has weird Disney movies that they like say like, that's one of ours. They can market it, yeah. Like, Nightmare Before Christmas, Ugh. to this day, don't know so much. why. So much. It's the only Halloween themed one, I think, is the reason why it keeps coming around. Yeah. Because once a year we got to remember it. This could be a Halloween-themed movie. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland is one of those. Um, it, But I feel very much like... Uh, anyway. So she continues. She meets the the um, flowers, which I loved. I thought the flowers were really, really cool. Um, after, then she... Okay, so continue to follow the rabbit. Alice meets a garden of talking flowers who initially welcome her with a song, but then banish her believing that humans are a type of weed. Alice then Uh encounters a caterpillar smoking, who becomes enraged at Alice after she laments her small size. After which the caterpillar turns into a butterfly and flies away. Before leaving the caterpillar, Alice is able to eat a piece of different sides of the mushroom to alter her size. Following a period of trial and error, she returns to her original height and keeps the remaining pieces in her pockets. A lot of drug use in this movie. That's why I think he was smoking opium. Well, he is a hookah. That's famous in the book, too. There's a lot of question about drug use. You know what else is famous? All the voice actors in this movie. This movie, because there was one guy named Ed something who is notorious for, like, apparently, I watched a YouTube video of this voice actor who was lamenting that um, Ed Wynn is, like, famous. He's the Mad Hatter, which Mm -hmm. we'll get to in a minute. But there's so many different voice types in this film that I'm like, oh, that set the precedent for a million voice actors to follow. Yeah. yeah. And the Caterpillar is one of them. Who are yeah. you? Absolutely. I love the Caterpillar. Yeah, he's great. He might be my favorite character. Yeah. There was also like an... Um, well, and I think Alan Rickman is in the live action version. I think so too. Incredible. Let's talk about the. Let's take a pause and talk about the live action okay. just for a couple seconds. Such promise. We should watch that one in another season, and of course, it'll be the two of us the same way as we are here. Yeah, I remember. Um, 
you know, that movie is so tied into like Tim Burton. Like I judge yeah. that movie as a Tim Burton film and not just as like an Alice in Wonderland film. Yeah. And um, I forget where I landed on it other than it's I've never great. rewatched it. So, yeah. It's really not. I mean, you watch it, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I remember the... Anne Hathaway's in it and she plays like a character. No, I loved Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway is the best part of that movie. She is wild, though. She does it correctly, though. I, I know, but it's weird because she's the only one doing that. Yes. And it's a character that you... Yes, she's in her and, own movie. And But it's also not even like a reference. It's not like, oh, the queen was really good or so-and-so. It's like, there's this new character who's like committing as hard as you want everyone to commit. Yes. I mean, they, a lot of them commit. They it's all commit. Like, she is in. She's doing her own thing, and it's not edited or landing well. Something's not captured correctly. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. <laughs> Wild. Um, so after we have the caterpillar, he sings a song. Who are you, Harry? He turns into a butterfly and he flies away. She then goes into the woods and she meets the Cheshire Cat, who suggests questioning the Mad Hatter and the March Hare to learn the rabbit's location, but is unhelpful in giving directions. Taking her own path, Alice encounters both uh, along with the Dormouse. Can we pause for a second? Yeah. Because we can't just brush over the Cheshire Cat. Um, I enjoyed watching... This is the first time I've really taken in the Cheshire Cat because he's so beloved that I was watching this thinking, okay, why do people love him, right? Yeah. So I was watching this like really critically, and I thought... I, one, I still don't know why people love the Cheshire Cat so much, but I did love how Alice is not frustrated by the cat. She's frustrated by so many characters, right? She's like desperately pleading with all of them to like help her find her way or whatever. Yeah. But the Cheshire Cat is clearly manipulating her and lying to her to her face. He's like smiling and being like, go this way. Yeah. But he's like winking and we're all like, huh? He's... But she's just like, great, thank you so much. And in that way, I really related to the Cheshire Cat. Well, uh, then this is going to be uncomfortable since we're married. But up until truly present day, the Cheshire Cat creeps me the yeah, fuck Yeah, he's weird. Out. He always creeped me out. When I was a kid, he creeped me out. Yeah. He made me uncomfortable. I didn't like that he could disappear and reappear. Parts of his face would leave. Yeah, it's scary. He's scary. He's very scary. And I... I, I think he's scary i just like that like you know he's i just like that she's oblivious to what he's doing he has the energy of like you know when you start a new job and someone is very friendly to you so with friend, alter yes. ulterior motives yes that's the cheshire yes cat. like hello let me show you around everything so where did used to work yeah Wow. Wow. Big yeah. change. Hey, that's Ed. Just stay on his good side. Or like, like, um, mm, interesting choice of what you were to work. Today. Wow. Tuna salad. Interesting. It's wild. It's the same energy. Yeah. They know something you don't and they're like dropping clues, but like you can't follow them. Yeah. Oy, oy, oy. Literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Cheshire Cat is a, is a classic played by Whoopi Goldberg in, um, <gasps> the tv movie oh, I forgot uh but he sends her on her way to meet uh, two more iconic characters well one more i really feel she goes to the unhappy birthday with the mad hatter yes and it's the mad hatter and the march hare nobody ever talks about the march hare very big in the book so is the mouse in the book well this whole time i was watching this and i kept forgetting what kind of animal the march hare was and then it would pop on screen <laughs> i'd go oh another rabbit yeah rabbits are big yeah um yeah um and then the mad hatter i loved when i was a kid i found I the voice of the voice his voice is incredible that's so wonderful you know what it always reminds me of is that the animated batman tv series there's a mad hatter in that who is the perfect like adult version of this cartoon character wow like both the animator it could be the same i don't remember it could be the same voice actor. like it is so it's not the same voice actor but it is so well done could be well his whole character i think is that he was obsessed with the character so like you know wow. it's we should watch it after it's very good yeah well so it reminds me of this i loved the mad hatter i loved the nonsense of that 
the something about because it was the un the unhappy birthday is the only song I know from this movie ever that you could ever say to me that I would recognize this from Alice in Wonderland. Um and something about it because it's intentionally upside down and backwards. I mean, all of Wonderland is really, but something about the the commitment to that to that craziness of that scene makes all the things that they do less weird and and awful and more like a a game that we're building on. Does that make sense? Like yeah. When he cuts the like, okay, that's so for instance, great. Yes. So for instance, earlier in the movie, there's a scene that's equally as ridiculous where she is being washed up on shore and they're sort of stuck in the tide and there's a, a, a group of characters marching around a circle. To get dry. To get dry, but they keep getting hit with the, the waves. Right. And I remember thinking then and when I was a kid, just like, that just doesn't make sense that they would be doing that. Yeah. And then when they get to the unhappy birthday party, mm-hmm. he's they're doing things like cutting, uh, give me half a cup of tea, and they cut the cup in half and then it only fills up on the half side yes and for some reason even as an adult now and as a kid i was like oh that makes sense because everything in this party is weird and backwards and see that lands and i think so much in this cartoon just doesn't land yeah because i agree with you that was great and i do think the live action movie is even like way better at doing that so many bits that land and it is it is different because it's like from a different time where storytelling was different than it is now. So it's not as narrative. None of the other movies really were as narrative as like a Disney movie would be now. But it, there are still things that you're just looking at and you're like, oh, yeah, why it doesn't land? Because it's like, why are we talking about these oysters that are getting eaten by this walrus that we don't know? And Yeah, it just feels like the animators aren't all in the same room. Which earlier in the season, we did talk about how. Apparently at this time, a lot of time, and I don't think this was the case for this movie because this was about 15 years after the like Snow White and everything, and also it's based on Lewis Carroll's book, but old um, animated films, oftentimes like they would animate them first and they would put a script with it. Yeah, yeah. They'd find a script that would make sense, but that's not what's happening here because they're adapting an actual story. Isn't that weird that that's how, that's how it started? Musicals were the same way. You would just have a bunch of songs and then you would try and create a story around just a bunch of songs. Yeah. It seems so backwards now. <sighs> Mamma Mia 2. Oh. Um, unf- okay, so she goes to the unhappy birthday. The Mad Hatter in the Hair ask Alice to explain her predicament, to which Alice tries to, but becomes frustrated by their interruptions at absurd logic. Don't you feel so... Didn't you feel so... I feel this so hard. Don't you feel like Alice... They're so hopped up on coffee and tea, and she's just trying to drive a point home. Yeah. And she, like... That's why we're not having kids, because that's what it is. Oh, no. I That think, scene is children. No, I think that scene is corporate America. I'm sorry. Who? I am I am a office manager. I have office management experience, and sometimes you're just trying to explain a very simple concept to a room of a bunch of tea heads. I will say nothing dr- nothing grinds my gears more than a group of adults that cannot shut the fuck up. Yeah. Nothing makes me feel like the world should descend. Yeah. Uh, flood it. Yeah. If there's a god, flood it. Cuz this is ridiculous that these people well, can't he is. in a room. He is flooding it. It's so wild, but I completely agree now that you explain it. But also that is just children. I okay. If you have ever waited tables, if you have ever waited tables and waited on the parent who's trying That's to teach true, their but kids it's the a parent. lesson. Yes, but it's the parent. Oh. It's the God. parent at the table that's the Mad Hatter. The no. kid is just like that church mouse. He's just a sloppy mess. The kid is the <laughs> cup that's half. That's cut in half. Yeah, the kid's just like a, a mess, but the parent is the one making the situation difficult. That Nothing grinds my gears more than that. When I used to serve and we used to get parents who would come in and be like, Susie's gonna choose her own meal. Susie, what do you want? Do you want the chicken nuggets or the the hamburger? The hamburger, or the chicken nuggets. The chicken nuggets, or the hamburger. Susie, I Susie, to, hamburger, or the chicken. Nuggets? I used to work at a restaurant that was famous for its cookies that it would give children at the end of their meal, but the parents loved the cookies, so they would eat the child's cookie and then request a new cookie for their child. That's another weird thing is when people just and I'm guilty. We're all guilty of it to an extent. But when, like, 
you try to like concoct a lie to get something. I just tell, just say, just I, say I want just another say cookie. It. Just say you want a just cookie. Just say I want another. Just cookie. say, hey, dude, can you get me a free another cookie on the down low? Just say and just order the chicken nuggets for your kid. Yeah. Girl. Okay. So the Mad Hatter and the Hare ask Alice to. Okay, we talked about that. Oh, and then the Mad Hatter repeat or the um the White Rabbit appears and he attempts to repair his pocket watch. I remember this scene, this part of this scene in this movie. This is the most, this rang the most true in my memory. Okay. Of when they're slamming cake into that pocket watch. I don't know why. Slathering it with butter, yeah. When I was a kid, I thought that was so funny and so weird and so great. And even as an adult, I really like it. And it gets kind of mad and crazy a little bit afterwards because they start jump cutting from character to character. Yeah. Um, And they break his watch. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and the whole time he's like, don't do that. Please don't do that. That's my watch. And that's that was the moment I realized, like, oh, wait, the white rabbit is, like, realizing this is absurd and silly. And nobody yeah. else is doing that. Absolutely not. So, um, this results in destruction. Alice attempts to follow the rabbit but after he is ejected from the premises, but decides to go home instead. Unfortunately, her surroundings completely change, leaving her lost in the forest. I love when that dog, there's a dog. So she's following a path in the forest and this dog vacuum broom thing comes out of the forest and just sniffs up her path. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. At this point you were rooting against her. I really was. <laughs> uh, the Cheshire cat reappears to the despondent Alice and offers a path to the hot headed queen of hearts by like pulling a branch and opening up a tree port. The only one who can take her home is the queen. In the queen's labyrinth, gar- in the queen's labyrinth garden, Alice witnesses the queen, whom the rabbit serves as a chamberlain. Is that what, how you say that, chamberlain? Sure. Whatever. Sentencing a trio of playing cards to decapitation after painting mistakenly planted white rosebuds red, the queen invites a reluctant Alice to play against her in a match of cro- uh, croquet. I must say crochet. Uh, in which, essentially, the whole game is rigged by her because she cuts off everybody's head. And then Alice um, tries and fails. Yeah. And the Cheshire Cat starts then playing pranks on the queen. Yeah. But Alice gets blamed for it. Yeah. The Little Short King, which is so funny. So good. The original Short King. He's so funny. He's so cute and so like little. Like I want a little pocket size version of him. Like maybe maybe she could have a trial. Maybe. Maybe. And also, by the way, he's the one sentencing everybody. To yeah, he's the king. I never recognized that until this time. Yeah. I didn't. First of all, I forgot that she was married. He's like, by the order of the king who agrees with the Do queen. you, speaking of this. Andy is six foot tall and I'm like five nine. When we first got together, because I'm so obnoxious and so loud and I take up so much space in a room. Do you remember for like the first six months of our relationship, we would be standing quietly next to one another and without fail, somebody we know goes, oh my God, Andy's taller than you. Yeah. Because I'm just so obnoxious. Yeah. This is, I guess, the opposite of that because <laughs> she is not only... I'm not sure so large, but I forgot because she's such a large personality that, like, she had. There is even a king there. Yeah, he's barely a character. I say all that to say your personality can really eclipse. Are you uh, saying I'm the king? No, I'm saying I'm the queen. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah. So they they send her to trial. Now let's talk about this scene a little bit and the queen. The queen is ridiculous, raucous. But also a classic, like her outfit and everything. I could, I could close my eyes and and draw any of the characters in this film. What? Your laptop was falling asleep, and you weren't gonna wake oh, it up. Oh, you were like waving at me. <laughs> well, because you're just letting your laptop fall asleep with your notes. Hello, type A. I literally, as I was doing it, or as you were waving, I had just taken my glasses off. Well, you you were like, I'm envisioning, and you're like closing your eyes. It's like, oh my God, your laptop's going to fall asleep. No, oh my, this whole time I was like, I'm not that blind. I can see without... Anyway, I didn't listen to anything you just said. I was just saying, like, the character design of these characters is really, really good, because I could... I could close my eyes and draw the queen. Sure. I know exactly what her outfit looks like. I know what Alice's outfit looks like. I know what the white rabbit looks like. I know what Mad Hatter looks like. Okay. You remember all of these characters. Yeah. Um, the queen is wild. She is on one. 
she is um, impossible to please. She's cutting off all these cards. I also love that the cards are actual cards. I still to this day love that. Yeah, I thought this was by far the best part of the movie. Um, yeah, I guess. And then they go to trial, which is they start bringing character witnesses. Very out. short. Yeah. Very, very short. Very weird. Um, and Alice kind of grows on me at this point. Because she's kind of like, I really like when she does the stuff where she's like kind of placating the queen a little bit. Like, oh yes, yes. A curtsy, a curtsy. I yeah, agree. Whatever. She's she's almost getting sassy. Like she's yeah. almost like mimicking her. Like oh yes, oh, like yes, the queen says. Course. Like you have to say your Majesty, and Alice is like your Majesty. Like she yeah, does. She like one ups her. Yeah, <laughs> but like other than that. I just, Alice is along for the ride. And, and that's the thing. It's like, ugh. take her or leave her. She's not even hurting. I don't even care. I kept thinking about like, I know that people love Alice. And I know that people have rooms of Alice, like decor. And there's a character in Disney World who gets to play Alice. And that's beloved. And I'm just like, why? Well, we just went because we visited LA a couple weeks ago. And we just went to the Disneyland in um, Anaheim. And... There were children dressed as Alice. Well, that, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, That's it's a so cute, weird it's me. a cute costume. It is a cute costume, but you know those parks that, like, the kids pick what they wear because it's, like, such a nightmare. Oh, yeah. And to, and to know the kids, multiple kids were, like, dressed as Alice. Yeah, who's choosing that? I mean, like, good for them, whatever. Know the classics, but wow. Um, They go through the trial, which essentially ends in... Alice taking one, like, there's a lot of mayhem, confusion, and madness. Alice takes one of the pocket pieces of mushroom and grows really big, and everybody's afraid of her. Uh, But she takes them both at the same time, which I get for the plot. I get it. But even when I was watching it, I remember watching it as a kid being like, at the same time? For what reason? That doesn't work. Um, Wouldn't they cancel each other out? Wouldn't it be funny if she just like started like shooting off into different directions, like parts of like a giant eyeball and a slow that tongue, would be funny tongue rolls out of her mouth. Um, but then when she shrinks back down, they chase her out. We realize we're in a dream, and um, that she's been daydreaming. <laughs> and the movie just kind of ends. It with, just ends. It just ends. Literally, her sister's like, "Come on, let's get some tea." End. End. And that's again where this movie fails. It, there's no, like, lesson learned. Also, is this the first movie to have the twist be that it was a dream? No. By no means. Oh, well, I don't know. What's the, what would well, the Wizard of Oz, first of all, came oh, out 20 years before this. The Wizard of Oz. I think that was a very... That um, must have been the first. No. No way. That has to be an early plot device. I mean, in film. I still think... I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I have some guesses, but. So, um, of all the characters here, what was your favorite? Who was your favorite character, do you think? Boy, I want it to be the Caterpillar, but he doesn't get enough to be number one. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's hard. I like the White Rabbit. I wish he had an ending. I wish he got some justice or something. Um, I think at the end of the day, I'd say the queen of hearts cause she's pretty fully fledged. She's really cool and crazy yeah. and she's a good villain. I mean, I know this is like a, a basic answer, but um, by the way, I read an article that like only millennials use the word basic anymore. How old? <laughs> basic. Uh, what, what I, do, uh, what do the Gen Zers say? I don't think they care about being basic. They do wear clothes that our mothers wore. So I think they're just like. They they got other fish to fry. Okay. Um, but, uh, and, and not to sound basic, but I, I do think the Mad Hatter is h- h- hands down my favorite character. It's so weird. It's such a weird voice. It's so funny. Um, either him or the, the flower with the plume. I think the Mad Hatter is a great, great answer. Mm. I think that's a solid choice. Well, let's talk about some of the questions that we normally ask at the end of this podcast. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm really hung up on this basic thing. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. The kids just don't care. Well, but I've I've just been thinking like Starbucks has pumpkin spice lattes and they don't even advertise it anymore. And But it used to be a thing that you couldn't 
put a picture of that on social because it would make you basic. So nobody yeah. does anymore. It is weird to be entering the age where just your existence is, is what young people are trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> on one hand, I'm like, it does make me feel like, oh my God, I never thought I'd be self-conscious about getting older. But on the other hand, it feels like a rite of passage and I'm really like happy to do it. I made a, there's a new social media app called Be Real, as you know, and I'm telling the listeners. Yeah. Um, Be Real is this new social app that we're on. Uh, and I told a joke about it in front of like a very young, like 20 something year old kid. And they were astounded that I knew it. And I can't, I was like, Oh, I, I am old. Yeah. Shoot. It's so fun. I thought they'd just be like, Oh, that's cool that you're on it. But they're like, you're on it. I, I think it's important to know. I did introduce us to this app. Yeah. Because out of a, out of a way of like trying to keep up with young kids. Yeah. I think it's important. And I immediately deleted it because I can't handle it. It's, it's, um, (laughs) It's not the best yet. I'm like, you I gotta get in early though. I don't care. Sure. One, I don't care, and two, <gasps> I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but like, maybe there is, maybe there is a benefit to showing the best versions of ourselves. But like, what if when you get older, like if you don't keep up with Be Real, we're gonna feel like Alice in Wonderland. Someone should do a movie, maybe me. I <laughs> Someone should do a movie of like an adult going through a a Gen Z world as if it's Alice in Wonderland. Oh, here's the thing though. Who's going to write it? The Gen Zer or the Boomer? Together. And they it'll bring about world peace. Otherwise it's going to be it's going to feel like fake. <gasps> it'll be like global climate change. In fact, you could keep some of the scenes from this movie in. Space Jam, but the alternate world, Gen <laughs> Z. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'd like to ask some questions at the end of this podcast about how Disney is this film? So we'll pick and choose. I haven't really looked through or thought of them. Um, the first question is, is there anybody in this film that has hot dad energy? Ooh. Oh, boy. Um, hot dad. Maybe the caterpillar. The caterpillar, at, I guess. I don't know if that's hot, though. But he's as close as we come. He's as close as we come, or the... Um, Maybe the lizard with a ladder? <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> He's cool. Uh, okay. Um, either, either, I actually would say either the um, the person you named just now that I completely forget, or the doorknob. The doorknob. Absolutely not. Um, does our villain have gay energy? Yes. Queen of Hearts? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And specifically lesbian for sure (laughs) trunchbull would be nothing the queen walks so trunchbull could run i love the queen um who in this movie would you replace with rosie o'donnell and danny devito Uh, we just said the king and the queen you have the king and the queen let's but you know i and for listeners who don't know i started the rosie o'donnell question you absolutely and i bring it up every time i'm on this show you also bring it up in our real life sometimes it could be better but it's like one of the greatest things so i actually think the whole thing is that rosie o'donnell i love her and i think she's so versatile that she could be in anything so the better question for this movie is like what couldn't she play because you put Rosie O'Donnell as a doorknob, a Cheshire cat, a caterpillar, uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Every yeah. se- she could be them all. She could not be the walrus, I don't think. Which is so ironic because Rosie O'Donnell is the one that quotes the walrus poem. Oh, in... Harriet the Spy. Which, once again, a movie only millennials would know. I don't think that's true. Um, And our last question is... Is there a character, or is there a quote, or a scene, or a character, or a visual from this film that? Let me rephrase this. You must pick a quote, visual, character, something from this film to get as a lower back tattoo. What's it gonna be? And honestly, I gotta, I gotta look at the only quote that I wrote down, which was, "I was just giving myself some good advice." Yeah, that's a great one. Well, I would say a lot of people do have Alice in Wonderland tattoos. Who are you? <laughs> like, not maybe not words, but like a character. All oh, yeah. of them. 
Oh, yeah. Um, but if I had to pick a quote, oh, who knows? There's so many. Off with your head. Yeah, there's so many. Come on. All right. Well, on a scale of one to ten, ten being absolute loved and is phenomenal, and then one being like garbage, what would you give this film? I don't know. Like a five? Four? Uh, you know what? I'm going to give it a six. Okay. And then if you could give any advice to an adult watching this without a child, what would the advice be? Read the book. You know what I would say? Put it on in the background. No. Smoke a little doogie. You think? Smoke a little doob. Put it on in the background as you maybe vacuum, as you fold your laundry. (laughs) And just enjoy the visuals. Okay. There's no real plot to follow here. We're just having a good time. Yeah, you don't need a... We're following a little white lady who's trying to invite herself to a party. (laughs) What happens when she gets the invite? She immediately wants to leave. Also, a great metaphor for straight people trying to come into a gay part. Like, if the queen's kingdom is gayness, (gasps) everybody wants to be invited, and then they realize they can't cut it because we're vicious. What if history (laughs) has this wrong? The Queen of Hearts is the hero of the story. What if we think it's about going through puberty and Lewis Carroll was actually gay and he's like, no, this is what straight people think gays are like. Well, I don't think in the times of Lewis Carroll, we had like a community. (laughs) Oh, we've got Oscar Wilde. Maybe. I don't know enough about gay history. Oh, we got to get into it. um, We're going to have to. Any final thoughts on this film before we wrap up? Um. No, to all of you Alice in Wonderland fans, uh, I look forward to hearing your thoughts in the comments. Oh my God, please leave us comments. And also, thank you so much for for sticking around this season. I know it's been a little hit or miss. We've been taking some weeks off here and there. Life has been happening to us, at us at a rapid speed. Um, And we are going to take a short break. We'll be back before the end of the year. We'll be doing some... um, I don't want to give anything else away, but I do need some time to make sure we get ahead of this thing. So, you know... I'm not skipping weeks inter- intermittently. Have you, and... have you announced the theme for next week or next I don't season? know what the theme for the next season is going to be. Ooh. I'm tossing around a couple ideas. Of course, I'm trying to be better because sometimes I will have an idea that is so lofty and it's wonderful, but feasibly can't be done. Mm-hmm. And I don't realize, so I just do it. Mm-hmm. And then it, towards the finish line, like this season, I kind of get a little splotchy. Yeah, it's attention to detail. You're a dreamer. You know what? I'm a dreamer. You're a dreamer. I'm not an executor, and I'm okay with that. You know, I see the big picture. I don't need to see the small details, (laughs) you know? Because if you're spending, if you're getting too close to the painting, (laughs) you're missing out on all the other beautiful paintings that are around you. You know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen? Amen. Herbie. (laughs) Oh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Goodbye. Disney Adult is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. That is thetridentnetwork.com. And also, don't forget to follow Disney Adult on Instagram at at disney.adult.podcast.